So, yeah, the Razorbacks really need to beat Texas A&M tonight in Bud Walton Arena. Like, really, really, really badly. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. I am your host, John Neighbors. I am also the host of Out of Bounds. You can catch every weekday afternoon from 1 to 4 on 1037thebuzz and 1037thebuzz.com. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started. Hope everybody's having a wonderful Tuesday. We'll talk a little bit about the winter weather that's about to be hitting the entire state of Arkansas and uh, how it's going to impact tonight as well for the Razorback basketball game. But I want to start, of course, with Arkansas taking on Texas A&M and Bud Walton Arena, the first time that they faced the Aggies this season, and how important this game actually is. Now, I hate that stupid must-win thing because it's turned into something that's a little cliche at times because you could say that every single like game is must-win because you need to win it. So I think it's just overused a lot of times. And I'm guilty of it as well. But here's the thing. I'm not going to just say that tonight against Texas A&M is a must-win game. I'm going to say that all of your home games the rest of the way are must-win games. You know, like according to FanDuel, three-and-a-half-point favorites Arkansas is tonight, which in its home court advantage, it's usually pretty close to being a pick em if it was the case of a neutral court game or neutral site. AM is 15 and six. Arkansas is 15 and seven or 14 and seven. So overall record wise, they're pretty close. But what they're not close in is the fact that AM is seven and one and Arkansas is three and five. That is the biggest difference. AM, for whatever reason, just did not get off to a good start in the non conference play. They lost to Murray State. They got smoked by 30 to Colorado. They lost to Boise State and they lost to Memphis and Wofford. But for some reason, they get into the SEC and they just start winning games. And the only game they've lost was a road game against Kentucky. So they've been pretty close games for the most part. But here's what's weird. So they play Florida one by three, played LSU uh, one by 13. Then they had, went on the road or had Missouri at home, smoked Missouri, smoked South Carolina, then beat Florida by two. So it's weird that Florida in the two times that, our, uh, that A&M played them, and, again, and Florida is a, a decent team, mind you. But they were barely able to win those games. They went on the road to smoke Auburn, which, again, was just a weird thing to see because Auburn, I was told, had the greatest home court advantage ever. So it's just crazy that that happened. Um, but Vanderbilt, they took care of business, and now they're going to be facing Arkansas on the road. They've had some travel uh, situations where having to come in due to the winter weather, uh, they flew like to Wichita, then they had to fly down to Tulsa, and then they're driving a bus over from Tulsa. It's like kind of a mess when uh, it comes to their travel. But the game is going to be played tonight regardless and it's kind of crazy too because with AM, like they could win the sec regular season and not necessarily because they're the best team but because they have the easiest schedule the rest of the way like they're already at seven and one now think about this if if they were able to beat arkansas tonight which i don't think they will but if they did they have georgia at home auburn at home they can win both of those at lsu that's a win arkansas at their place Probably a win, just to be honest. At Missouri, they can win that. Tennessee at home, at Mississippi State, at Ole Miss, and Alabama at home. The toughest teams they play left, Auburn, Tennessee, Alabama, they get at home. And Arkansas, they get at home too. So they have such an easy schedule the rest of the way, or easy as you could possibly have when it comes to the SEC. So they might be in contention legitimately 
for winning the SEC title. It depends on what Alabama does the rest of the way, as well as Tennessee. And that is how it's been. And, and A&M has been playing so much better than what they did during the regular season. They're really like, if you look at just the stats and the numbers, they're are pretty dead even between Arkansas and AM. Check this out. So AM averages 74.6 points per game. Arkansas averages 74.5. So you're talking about a 0.1 differential when it comes to points per game. Points allowed, AM allows 66 points a game, Arkansas 65.1. So you're talking about less than a point difference in points allowed. Arkansas shots 47.3% from the field. AM shorts shoots 45.2%. From the field, pretty similar there. Rebounding, AM 36.8, Arkansas 36.2, pretty much the same. Assist 13.3 for both teams, exactly dead even. Arkansas does get more blocked shots because they have a little bit more size 4.7 compared to 2.5. And Arkansas also gets more steals 8.8 to 7.3. So the numbers there kind of tell you exactly uh, what it's looking like with these two teams and numbers and everything goes as well. And for offense, uh, this is where it gets really uh, interesting when it comes to uh, where the uh, where they rank in the SEC. So Arkansas's offensive efficiency is actually number eight in the SEC. A&M's number three. Effective field goal percentage, Arkansas's nine. A&M's three. Turnover percentage, they're both uh, right there into the mix when it comes to uh, being there at uh, about 20%. And offensive rebound percentage, A&M's number two. Arkansas's number four. Free throw rate. A&M is number one. They get to the line more than any other team in the SEC. Don't know if that bodes well for Arkansas, considering the history there. Two-point percentage, A&M's at number two in the SEC. Arkansas is at seven. Three-point percentage, this is where it kind of helps out a little bit. A&M's not a great three-point shooting team, which you know that that means they're going to go lights out tonight. They're actually nine in the SEC. Arkansas is 10th in the SEC, so very comparable. Free throw percentage, Arkansas is 13th. They're second to last in the SEC. We know it's terrible. A&M's number five, and uh, just the tempo, Arkansas's number three, and then A&M's number 11. So you're going to have a team in a game to where uh, you're going to have A&M trying to maybe slow it down a little bit more, uh, be a more effective, play really good defenses, kind of similar to what Arkansas can do at times, but I think Arkansas is going to try to uh, bring up the tempo a little bit there too. Now, the defense is really where it gets interesting because these two teams have so many similarities. Defensive efficiency, A&M's actually above Arkansas number four, while Arkansas sixth, again, in the SEC. Uh, effective field goal percentage, uh, A&M is better at holding their opponents to a lower field goal percentage. Turnover percentage, A&M is better at it too. They're number four, Arkansas is number seven. Two-point defense, A&M is better at number three, Arkansas is number five. Three-point defense, number six for A&M, number nine for Arkansas. The only thing that Arkansas is actually better at defensively, at least according to the numbers, and this is all according to hogsports.com, is Arkansas is better at blocking, stealing, defensive rebounds, and that's pretty much it. Like the rest of it can be pretty close, but AM, again, very, very good, very sound defensive team. And a free throw rate, <laughs> this is just tells it all. AM is seventh, just right in the middle when it comes to the free throw rate of the opposing teams when they come to their defensive. Arkansas, number 14, dead last. No surprise there for how things have been going. Uh, particular players, you're going to have to watch if you're uh, Arkansas watching Texas AM. Wade Taylor. It's the guy that leads the way in scoring. He averages about 15 points a game. Uh, he's also one of their best, if not the best, uh, three-point shooter that they have. Uh, he's really good at assist as well. So he's kind of the do-it-all guy, and uh, he's going to be there at the guard position. Tyrese Radford is also really good. He's averaging close to 14 points a game. Uh, he's uh, also got four, shooting 42% from the field, 
You got Dexter Dennis, who is at 8.1 points per game. Uh, he's kind of the four position. But then their bigs down low are just pretty solid guys because both of them are averaging about 10 points per game. And, uh, you know, they're, they're able to get a lot of rebounds there too. But A&M, from what it looks like, they, they really just rely on their starters a lot. They don't go to the bench a whole lot. Uh, they have and they have some guys like Andre Gordon and uh, Hayden Hefner that can come in, but those are the ones that really go with. And in Arkansas, of course, we know what they're looking like. Hopefully we can get another big performance out of Ricky Council, Anthony Black. It's kind of how it goes. Maybe Devo Davis can continue on and, and bringing some, some good things there too. But overall, this is just a, it's a matchup to where Arkansas and A&M have always had a really good play when it comes to playing between Muss and Buzz Williams. And I know I went through a lot of numbers there, but when it just comes to the games themselves, think about it. Since Buzz Williams has been at Texas A&M, his first year there was when Arkansas played uh, during the COVID year, if I'm not mistaken. I believe it was that, that was his first year. And when that happened, Arkansas only played Texas A&M once because they had all of this COVID stuff going on. I still think that that was such a weird thing as far as uh, what was happening between the two teams and why A&M just kept Everybody else was able to play games, but why was uh, or all the rest of the teams in the SEC were able to play games? Why wasn't AM? That to me looked very strange and was weird. But uh, since that point in time, even that one game they played that year, it was extremely close in Fayetteville. Arkansas ended up winning 87 to 80. AM was not a good team, not a good team whatsoever. Arkansas was number 12. That was towards the end of the season, and they only won by seven, and they needed overtime, I believe. It was either overtime or got really close to it. No, it wasn't overtime, but it was really close. Moses Moody hit a big three there late. And then Arkansas went on the road to AM and lost by five last year. So close game, but that was at the beginning of the SEC slate. Arkansas then played AM later that year at home. They won by three in overtime. So that was an intense game. And then this past, uh, or the last time they played was in the SEC tournament where Arkansas lost nearly by 20 points. And that was it. So really hard, tough battles. I do not expect this game to be a blowout either way. I think it expects it to be close especially for Arkansas. But what's going to come down to is with the way the Razorbacks have been playing lately, I think their offense has improved. It has. But they just got to keep from fouling so much. I know that's easier said than done. I know that it, we've talked about it ad nauseum yesterday. But that's simply what they have to do. They have to keep Texas A&M from getting to the free throw line. Hopefully the officiating just allows a little bit more physicality because both of these teams can be very physical. They allow them to play a little bit more. And also for Arkansas, they're going to have to make sure that not only do they not get guys to the free throw line, but they stay out of early foul trouble, just like it happened against um, happened against Baylor and happened against Missouri earlier in the year. If that second half starts up and you already have six or seven fouls with five minutes into the half, like that's going to change your entire game plan. So not only keep them from getting to the free throw line, but keep from fouling so early and, and changing the entire rest of the game. And also be able to uh, count on the guys that, like get counsel to try to have what he had against uh, Baylor, like have him have that type of game, get black involved. Hopefully Devo can continue to hit some threes here and there too. Like I think Arkansas is good enough. They're talented enough. They can beat A&M and I think they will beat A&M tonight, but if it gets to another point where it's foul city and the officials just want to make it about them and start calling every foul from here to Hanoi, then that becomes a problem, and that obviously is not the recipe for Arkansas to win this game. And also, when Arkansas gets to the free throw line, they need to make theirs. They went only six of eleven uh, against Baylor, granted, but four of those misses came from Jalen Graham alone. So maybe don't give uh, Jalen Graham opportunities to get to the free throw line, but make your free throws when you when you get to the rack. Play really good defense. Uh, whatever the under is, depending on uh, you know where you're looking. I think FanDuel has it 
at uh, something. I got to actually look that up and see. I think it's like at uh, 136 and a half. So bet the under. I would do that. I'd be surprised if it's a high scoring game. I think Arkansas wins, but you have to win the rest of your home games. And that's really what this all comes down to. You have to win the rest of your home games. Because if you beat AM tonight, you got Mississippi State, Florida, Georgia, Kentucky. Five games left. If you don't win all five of those games, it's going to be tough to get into the NCAA tournament unless you just really do a good job on the road. Like you should be at, beat beat South Carolina there. You sh- like Kentucky is a crapshoot. You may not just say you don't because you'll split those. So you don't beat Kentucky on the road. You won't beat AM on the road, and you won't beat ten- Alabama or Tennessee on the road. Like those are ones that you can't feel really good about going on the road. So if you win all five of your home games, it gives you five extra wins in conference play. You beat South Carolina. And just say that you win one more, whether it's Kentucky or AM, Alabama, Tennessee, something like that. You're talking about a total of uh, what is that? Uh, eight wins, I think. Gets to, is that eight more wins? Am I doing that right? Is the math in my head uh, working? I think it's seven, seven wins. So seven conference wins, it gets you to 10 and eight in conference play and also puts you at a pretty good number as well with 21 wins and 10 losses. I think it's good enough to get into the NCAA tournament because that's really the goal right now for this team. But they got to start it tonight. That's the most important thing. Folks, got to tell you about FanDuel. We've been mentioning them a lot. We're so happy and proud that they're our new sports betting partner here on Locked On because they're the number one sports book in America. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better because they have so many great features that make sports betting fun and easy. You can download FanDuel right now. So you can bet on the Super Bowl 57 with a no-sweat first bet. You get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. FanDuel allows all people to who end up betting with FanDuel, everything from the money line to point spreads to who will score a touchdown, as well as prop bets that they also have there as well. We mentioned the lines tonight for Arkansas, as well as the over-unders. If you're into that, bet on it. Get after it, for sure. Best of all, you can get your winnings instantly. So join FanDuel.com today and enter in FanDuel.com slash locked on to claim your no-sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. You are locked on Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, so continuing on with the Locked On Razorbacks podcast, um, people were kind of talking about football just yesterday, even uh, on my radio show. And something that was really fascinating to me was uh, a guy called in, and he was not trying to start anything. He was just honestly just wondering, curious. Uh, I think he called or texted in. I can't remember. But either way, uh, he was just like, are we doing well in the offseason with Razorback football? Like, how do you feel about it? How do you feel about the new coaches? How do you feel about the players they got from the portal? How do you feel about the recruiting class? Are are we doing a good job with it? And I, you know what? I kind of sat back and thought about it for a second because in my opinion, I say, yeah, Arkansas has done some really good things this offseason. They've done a good job of getting new coaches in, which I feel like the guys that they've added into the mix could be huge benefits and improvements from what they had previously some are still mysterious as we talked about last week I guess but they're still doing a really good job of guys that I at least like I like what they're bringing I like what they're doing I like what they're saying and I like what they're selling so on that front they're doing a good job and then in the recruiting class Arkansas ended up with one of their highest rated recruiting classes in the modern era so obviously did a really good job with that 
uh, there were some guys they did sign, they didn't sign. I think Shamar Easter is going to be the latest one that signs, and uh, that's happening on uh, tomorrow, I guess. So we'll probably have a little bit more of the breakdown from the recruiting side of things too. So, uh, but I really like what they've done, and I've really liked what they've put together uh, with all things considered. So if you look at from that perspective, it's like if you were going to give an overall grade of the offseason for Arkansas, because I feel like that's probably the most general way to put it when it comes to coaching hires, players, portal, recruiting, all that, I would probably give them a B plus, a B plus, because I feel like they added some much needed depth in the positions that they needed. I think that at the wide receiver position alone, they lost a lot of guys, but they added a lot of guys that will be uh, that were highly sought after players in the SEC, I think will be huge additions. I think that the hires on defense with the coaching with you know Williams and Woodson and those guys, those are going to be game-changing dudes who immediately make the defensive secondary better. I think that Arkansas still has enough pieces on the team to be able to put some things together. I think Dan Enos is an experienced guy who's coached a lot of great quarterbacks. That'll be helpful as well. Like there's just a lot of things that they're doing that if I'm not excited about it fully, I'm pretty excited about where what it could be, like the potential of where it could go. And I think that that's about all you could ask for at this point in time. Because last year, if you're comparing it, I would have said in the offseason they were about an A, you know, like because you added all those transfers that were so big time Drew Sanders, Jaden Hazelwood. Uh, the list goes on and on. You're coming off a nine and four season. It was an incredible year. People were hyping you up. You had KJ back. Like everything was going according to plan, and the excitement was definitely there. And so it may be a little bit less this year because you are coming off of a seven and six year. You had to replace a lot of new, a lot of coaches that, uh, you know, you didn't have to last year. You got some portal guys, but maybe they're not the big names coming from the big schools that you had from last year, too. So it's just a matter of putting things into perspective. I've always said that if Arkansas this past year, if they would have gone nine and three, which is I think we some we can all agree they should have gone. Like they fell short. They should have gone nine and three. If they would have gone nine and three, and say they just won their bowl game, had 10 wins. Like how that would have been awesome. But say if they had 10 wins, they went 10 and three. And then the offseason stuff happened the exact same way where the coaches left, uh, the coaches got fired, uh, portal guys happened, like all of these things happened. Nobody would be upset because you just went 10 and three. But because of the fact that you went seven and six and all that happened, a lot of people were upset. So you just got to look at it from the perspective of, okay, how is this team looking going forward? Are they in a good position now? Are they going to be doing things the right way? Because I'll tell you this about Sam Pittman, and this is where I will always give him a lot of credit and a lot of praise for because I don't think he gets enough of it. If something's wrong, if something's going on, he's changing it. If it's something that he doesn't like, that's a problem, he's changing it. Because we all know that there were some issues inside this locker room this past year. No question about it. And I believe Sam Pittman got rid of all of the, whether it's coaches or players, staff, whoever, that were the biggest proponents of that. And made sure that they kept the guys that were all in on the Razorbacks and on the team. You know, cut off the... Cut off the head, the spot, whatever it's called. Cut off the spot of the face. I don't even know if that's the phrase, but you know what I'm saying. They could cut off the nonsense, got rid of them, and now you're bringing in some fresh blood to be able to go the right direction. I think it's a great move. I love the move. I think it's going to be great for Arkansas. And that alone, I think, is going to be able to make things a lot easier for the Razorbacks this upcoming season. So if you ask me how the Hogs are doing, I say they're doing a good job. <clears throat> I say they're doing about as good a job as you could ask right now. And that is saying something because – 
There's a lot of other SEC schools that are not. I mean, think about it. Like, who right now do you think is in the best spot moving forward in the SEC? I mean, Georgia's obviously number one. Bama's still great. <clears throat> but, like, who else are you like, – like, LSU's doing good. We'll see. I mean, they had a good year this year. They won the West. But are they going to take that next major step? Are they going to be amazing? They'll be a really good team. But besides that, like, Tennessee, I'm still not sold on them just yet. They've done good things, but, you know, they still got, as far as being that next level team, they still got some work to do. A&M might, you know, Jimbo might get fired this year. Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss don't scare me. You got the new coach Arnett over there at Mississippi State with the new coach. He's unproven. Don't really know how that's going to turn out. Hugh Freeze is at Auburn. You think he'll do well, but how well will he actually do? You know, at Ole Miss, when he had the number one recruiting classes year in and year out, still couldn't win the West. But he'll be pretty good, I think. Shane Beamer doesn't scare me either. I know people have like, been bringing him up. I'm like, that, that dude, I, I think he's kind of clownish, to be honest. Like, he's kind of weird. Him and Drinkwitz kind of have a lot in common. I mean, he's doing. he did a good job going 8-4 and four this year, but I just don't think that, like, there's something about him that just come, comes across where I'm like, I don't know, man. I feel like it's... You know, the whole like cream rises, crap floats. I feel like that may have been like the floating, like your your best year you can get, and then things will start looking weird after this. So that's just me. I may be wrong, but I'm just still not sold on. Point is, is that it could be a lot worse than what Arkansas has been doing, and it also could be a lot better. But let's hope it gets better as the year goes on. We'll get into our final segment here on the Locked On Razorbacks podcast coming up, so stay with us. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Okay, so final segment here on the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. So hopefully you all are trying to do your best to stay warm out there because uh, it is freezing and the ice has come and it's been, uh, pre- or it's, it, ice is going to be coming here in central Arkansas. So uh, it's, it's going to be a wild time. And that's what's going to be interesting about the game tonight for Arkansas and A&M. Like what a weird stretch of home games with precipitation. I was thinking about this, like, I went to the Alabama game, and when I left the arena, it was pouring rain, okay? I went to the Ole Miss game. When we left, it was pouring rain. (laughs) I went to the LSU game. When I left, it was pouring snow. And now this game against A&M is going to be pouring ice and snow. What is it about this year in home SEC games where precipitation's just been happening? I don't really know. So those of you who are going to be making the trip, please do your best to stay safe out there. Drive safe. I'm not making the trip. I did that once. I'm, I'm only do my dumb decisions every so often because uh, four-wheel drive doesn't really do much in the ice, just being honest about it. But please be safe and be careful out there too and, and everything. But uh, also real quick before we get out of here, I know it's, uh, we do the podcast, but I uh, just want to give a shout-out to 103.7 The Buzz and signal media i've just uh celebrated my third year with the company being on uh on out of bounds and it's wild that it's been three years i remember like getting into radio and thinking that the buzz was you know the creme de la creme the top of the top which it is and i always wanted to work there and always wanted to have a show there and now that i do i just it's i'm like i could not ask for anything more and it's just wild that's been three years i've never had a radio show or host a radio show as long as i have this one and the growth of it, the 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 things that are coming on it, hopefully that end up being better and better. It hopefully ends up being something that a lot of people can listen to. Because I know some of you who listen to the podcast may not know that I have a radio show or haven't listened to it. Or some of you that listen to my podcast also listen to my radio show, which I really appreciate you all as well. But 
Uh, I just appreciate Signal Media and the buzz, even the ones that want me to fail, uh, the ones that uh, have been so supportive and appreciative of me and everything. I just can't can't say enough about it. I'm living the dream, baby, like Will Ferrell in uh, Wedding Crashers, just living the dream. And I appreciate it. And I appreciate all of you listening. And I appreciate those on 1037 The Buzz that listen in too. I'm having fun. I mean, I get to talk sports, talk about the Razorbacks, my favorite thing in the world for a living. I get paid to do it. Could not ask for more. So thank you to 1037 The Buzz. Thank you to Signal Media. And thank you to all of you who listen in. It's amazing. Three years. It's flown by. Let's hope that uh, it ends up being at least three more years with 1037 The Buzz. Appreciate everybody listening in to Locked On Razorbacks podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or on Google Play. You can also get after me on Twitter at BuzzJohnNeighbors for any questions, comments, concerns that you may have. We'll keep it going from there. Same podcast time, same podcast channel tomorrow afternoon. Have a great day, everybody. We'll see you.